we're on to part four of our Level Up series, and up until now, it's been, it's been amazing. Uh, this whole series has really challenged each and every one of us, um, encouraged us, tore down some walls, maybe, um, in order to rebuild some things in our lives, or, or just impacted us in some way, shape, or form. And even last week, uh, Michael Cook, one of our elders here at Elam Church, uh, spoke about culture and culture and gospel and how it was always together that, well, culture in itself and all cultures of this world all came from Christ, all came from God, and it's all of God. And just really approached the situation that for a long time, they, they, well, they have tried to be separate in, in ways. And, and yeah, Michael did a great job last week. And so this week, uh, I, I want to put a disclaimer out there. My disclaimer is this, that uh, this morning you may be hurt by this message. Uh, this message may affect you in some way, shape, or form. And the reason I'm putting the disclaimer out now, um, and no, it's not that you can leave because you're not allowed to, uh, but it's more just the fact that I'm just pre-warning you that the message that God has laid on my heart indeed is a challenging one. It's a challenging one not only for us as this church, but realistically the church of New Zealand and the church of the world. Uh, and so, yeah, we're going to get into it, but the, for, for those of you taking notes... Note takers, uh, they say they get a special place in heaven because they're holier. No, just joking. Uh, that is, that's not in the Bible. But um, the title of my message today is Kick the Door Down. Kick the Door Down. Uh, and so I'm just going to share a little bit about my own testimony, my own story, and then we're going to get into it. And so for those of you who don't know me, uh, I wasn't always a churchgoer. I wasn't always, uh, I, I would say I was a believer. I always believed that there was God, uh, but I never always believed that I should be attending church or I should be doing this or, or, or even reading my Bible. I just had the mentality that once saved, always saved. And so I said the prayer and I'm good to go. And my, my golden ticket, if you will, is, is locked in and the train's ready and set. And so I sort of just live life and um, she'll be a merry end. And uh, so, so that's how I always lived my life. Uh, from a young age, gave my life to the Lord and, or, or, you know, said this prayer. My nana sort of communicated, if you say this prayer, you, you're, you're, you're going to be uh, friends with Jesus. And so I was like, okay, cool. Said the prayer and I was like, sweet, what do I get now? And she's like, toys. I was like, great, can we say it again? Like, no. But it came into a place of, of just recognizing that Jesus was Jesus and that's about it. And so for a long time, I, I, again, I just, I didn't attend church. I didn't do much else. And so that really all started, I would say, about four years ago. Um, well, actually about six years ago. 2012, I walked into this church with my best friend and my dad. Um, we sat in the third row right there, and there was an amazing message, and we encountered Christ, like seriously, like heavily. Um, to the point where I really understood what it meant to walk with Christ and, and or at least had a glimpse into what it means to, to be in relationship, if you will. That didn't last long, though, because about three months later, I walked out of the church. Um, a lot of you that have been in this church since I've been here, uh, you'll, you'll know or you would have seen me at some point. And so I was always in and out, in and out, in and out. Couldn't make up my mind couldn't sacrifice the things that I wanted to do myself, couldn't give up a lot of, uh, I would say, myself. Uh, I, was, I was heavily involved with drinking, 
heavily involved with drugs, heavily involved with women, heavily involved with you name it, I just did it. Why? Because why not? Realistically. And so 2014 came along. 2014 was a game-changing year for me. Game-changing in the fact that everything came to a head. Everything crumbled or, or, or started to fall apart. Everything started to really just, yeah, fall to a million pieces. And so I found myself two weeks out, and this is where I put a plug in for One Conference. For those of you who don't know, One Conference is a national conference that we hold uh, in Auckland. It is every single Elam church in New Zealand comes, and we do a massive conference together. We sing, we dance, we cry, we laugh, we pray, we read the Bible, we just do all of that stuff. Um, and then times it by a thousand hype, if you will. Like, it's, a, it's an amazing time. Like, I'm all for conference. Uh, conference was really the, the next step for me. It was the place where I received from Christ what I needed to in order to actually step up and level up in the way that we've been talking about over these last four weeks. And so if, you, if you're unsure about what conference is or, or just register, it's... it's as a, as a church movement, it, we're going to pay for it. So it's free. For, no, no, just joking. It is free in, in general. It's the only, one of the only free conferences we have. It's in, around October. Highly considered going. This conference changed my life. Two weeks out from conference. So mid-September, uh, I end up having a chat to God. Some of us know what I'm getting at. It was more of like an argument, more of a, a yelling fist fist, if you will. Uh, I, I was just totally angry, totally like, man, if, if God, if you were real, like if you were a tangible person, I will one out to you right now and beat you up. Like that's exactly what I was thinking. I had so much pent up frustration because 2014 brought along my brother going to jail, one of the closest people I've ever been, you know, in relationship with, and we were tight. Um, he went to jail at that time. Uh, I ended a relationship, a long-term relationship, and so that everything was, my workplace was a sticky situation because I was still working with my ex. So there was heaps of weird stuff going on, and I'm just like looking up at God. I said that prayer. Why? Why am I in this situation? And so a lot of you might have found yourselves even in the same situation. Why are you here? Why is there friends that aren't at church? Why is their family members possibly not at church? Why are people struggling in the same ways? Why is it that people that have been in the church for years and years and years all of a sudden have all these issues going on? Isn't God loving? Isn't God caring? And so we come into a place of, of I went to conference and I just, and I was like, I'm gonna meet this guy, Jesus, because everyone says you can meet him. I'm going to meet him and I'm going to punch him square in the square between the eyes. Like, I'm going to get this guy. Lo and behold, uh, for most of us in this room, or for some of us uh, that didn't quite go down that well, I did meet, in fact, meet Jesus heavily. Uh, had a very serious encounter with him. And the things that he spoke over my life set me up for what has now been the last four years. Because for four years, I went from or in four years' time, I should say, I went from a God-hating, church-loathing human being to where I'm now standing as a community pastor next year, February, soon to be a lead pastor because of our campus plant that's coming up. And so 20 years of walking in the world, building up my own kingdom, 
building up my own little palace, if you will, with friends, with family, with, with all these things that I thought that I needed and wanted in my life um, to be absolutely destroyed, but then my life rebuilt in four years' time, and it's advanced further than I could have ever dreamed or asked for. In four years' time, I went from saying I'll never get married to getting married. Four years' time saying I'll never walk in the, in the doors of a church again to absolutely loving church so much so that it's basically what I talk about or, I, or we just don't leave. Like, we should have a spare bedroom here because we just live here. But So what changed? What was different? What happened? And so, yes, yes, I had a very intense encounter with God and he told me why I'm supposed to be in church But this four years, this hasn't come from me. Let's get that straight. These four years have not been Orion doing his thing and I'm just the man and that's why I'm standing on the stage and you're not. Like, that's not what it is at all. See, because it came from a place of of really passionately seeking Christ. It came from a place of, of really putting Christ first in such a way that the favor of God has been on my life since. See, because I'm 24 years old, and I've had a lot of people tell me I'm too young to be doing this. I've had a lot of people tell me that I'm far too young to be preaching on a stage, let alone have the title of a pastor. And what I generally say back to that is, yeah, because I totally put my hand up for it, eh? <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't at first choose this. All I chose was a relationship with Christ. And the rest followed. And so the reason why I said this message was, will hurt is because I went through a phase of coming against myself. I went through a season of recognizing that as a Bible-believing person or as a, as, as a Christian, there are actually practical steps that we have to take to ensure that our relationship grows. It's sort of like for married couples in the room, we recognize that there's a lot more to just saying the vows and, and then, sweet, we got some new, we got some, you know, jewelry, and I'm like, yeah, sweet, check out my ring. And then after the honeymoon, honeymoon phase, it's, oh, here we go. I don't really like this person. Or, or you know, there, there starts to be issues, and you're like, man, well, well, I never knew they were like this, so... So we recognize that there's more to it than just saying words. And so my challenge for the church this morning, for every single person in here, whether you're a non-believer, whether you're a believer, whether you're a veteran, uh, my challenge is that we would actually be serious about our faith. Is that we would actually be serious about this walk with Christ. That if we're, we're actually serious about reaching Hamilton, and seeing people set free, and seeing people walk into the church, that there actually needs to be a practical step from every person in this room in order for that to actually take place. We recognize that God is a God that's, that's so massive and so powerful and so awesome and so loving that realistically, well, he, he, he could do it himself. He doesn't need us. But on the flip side to that is, and it's the great part, is that he wants us. And he wants us to be involved in every aspect of that. And he wants us to be involved in such ways that, that we can literally be a light to people in times of darkness. That we can speak life into situations that once was dead, 
But because we were just there, just happened to be there, and just happened to say those words, and just happened to say hi, all of a sudden a connection's made, and people are realizing, what's different about that person over there? And so the questions then come, and the relationship then builds. But my challenge this morning is what are we really asking God for? What are we really asking God to do? Are we really wanting Hamilton City to, to be a Christian city? A city that's so passionate about Christ in the same way that some of us are or most of us are. Because even as I, as I shared in the morning service as well, if we had, there's, there's, there's an average of about 120 something churches uh, in Hamilton right now. And so if all of those churches had an attendance of 1,000 every single Sunday, we still wouldn't be reaching Hamilton. Hamilton City is made up of about 150, 160,000 people. And so for us to then come into a place and say to ourselves, we want Hamilton to be a Christian city and we want to see people saved and we want to see people fall in love with Christ in the way that we have, we haven't even prepared ourselves for it. We haven't even set up the basics of foundations of just having places to meet in order for this to go through. And so again, what I'm getting at is, do we recognize what we're asking for? Whether it's success in the workplace, do you know what comes with that? Do you know what comes with the territory? Do you recognize the challenges, but also the success that can happen? But are you actually expecting it? For a long time we can ask, but do we really expect to receive? Do we really expect God to come through? The Bible talks about healing, yet we pray for people and healing doesn't take place. So what's changed? What's happened? Because our Bible tells us that God never changes. He's the same yesterday that he is today, that he is forever, that he's the same as he was in Genesis to Revelation. So what's changed? Need I say? There's an ingredient to the recipe that's changed, and that's us. And for me, I didn't really understand that. I didn't understand that at first, that there actually needed to be steps or there needed to be things that I would actually have to do that would cause some, some pain for a whole lot of fulfillment. That would cause me you know, to go through a hard time in order to see the goodness that could come from it. And so I traded in a little bit of bad for a whole lot of good. And I only recognized it over the space of 2015 and the last, the last three to four years, what it actually means to walk with Christ, what it means to be in relationship, what it means as the church, what, what, what is our position? What are we supposed to be achieving? And so today I want us to kick down the door. The title of this message says it all, is that we would come to the door, the door of doubt, the door of fear, the door of I'm not good enough, the door of I've got too many issues, the door of I'm just a little bit unsure about this, the door of I feel like God could do it, but I'm, I'm just still unsure. Whatever that door looks like for you this morning, we're going to kick that sucker in. We're going to get it. We're going to boot it down. This morning's the morning to break free, to break open, okay? And so I just want to share with you a couple of scriptures that have been laid on my heart that helped me get through in my time of, of my progression because, again, I need to highlight that the last four years, I went from hating God to absolutely passionately loving God, serving in his house. That's not normal, okay? 
And the only way that that actually happens is being in relationship with him and recognizing who he is. Who he is. And so the first scripture I really want us to look at is a scripture that you would have all known. Willie actually mentioned it uh, in his transition. And so it's Romans 8, 31. If God is for us, finish the verse. Who could be against us? Let's try that again. We're still waking up. If God is for us, who could be against us? If God is for us, who could be against us? Or who can be against us? See, with my own walk and and, and with where I've come to, at least at this stage, when I recognized that there's more to this, the scripture than just words, that it's a scripture that's often spoken about uh, from the pulpit in front of churches, and we look past look past the promises that, that are, are, are totally wrapped up inside of just the single verse. Because when we recognize that if God is for us in his wholeness, who could actually be against you? If we recognize that the God that's spoken about in the Bible is all for you, who could actually be against you? What could come against you? See, because if we recognize and, and really start to break open what the word's actually telling us, because this is the truth, right? But hesitant. Some people know this is the truth. And our relationship with Christ is based on this. The truth. And so everything that's spoken about in that Bible is what we are steadfast and hold to. And so the God that's explained in the Bible, whoo, the God that you guys even just sung about this morning, Need I say more? You already made the declaration this morning through the words that you sung that he is all-powerful, that he is all-knowing, that he is all for you, that he loves you, that there is breakthrough when we apply the name of Jesus to any single situation, that you already have victory. Why? Because God loved you so much that he sent down a son that whoever, what, believes will not perish but have eternal life. Life in abundance, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who will provide. Not the Lord who will sometimes. That's not what my Bible says. That God is all for you. So, yet again, who could be against you? See, when I recognize this, and the next scripture we're gonna look at, it helped me to dream big. It helped me to come into a place of, of, for some of you that know, um, oh, and, we, and we did share that there is a campus plant happening next year, February 2019. We will be planting a campus on site at the university. A couple of people have asked for my vision. What is your vision for, for this um, campus plant? And I said, well, Waikato University is going to be a Christian university within five years. Some, oh, okay. Some people look at me a bit dumbfounded. I've, I've even told fellow religious or church-going people, and they said, but there's been other groups here before, and they haven't done it in five years. What makes you so different? My God, our God. I've just learned that if if God is all for me, what could be against me? Because that's what my Bible says. Oh, oh, okay, okay. God card, like. (laughs) But that's it. And so I came into a place of really expecting and really knowing that all things can come from Christ. 
that I need and all the success and all the provision will come with it also. And so for us to go to the university and for me to declare and speak life over that situation and say, within five years, it will be a Christian university. It will be recognized. Why? Because God's called us there and he's ordained it. And so his hand is totally upon it. And so what can we say? Except yes and amen. And just start moving our feet. A lot of the time we can get caught up with what shoes we're trying to pick that we miss the footsteps. <laughs> Some people more than others, you've got all these shoes to choose from. <laughs> but we can get so caught up on just choosing the shoes that we forget to take the steps. And this is what this morning's all about, is that we would come into a place of really actually taking steps. Yes, steps hurt sometimes. Yes, trials and, and, and hardships that come your way, yes, they, 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 they're not the easiest. But every single one of you is sitting here for a reason. And that's because you've experienced God in some way and you're wanting more. Amen? And so this morning, I really want to challenge you to expand your horizon, to really come into a place that if we would know God, if we would recognize the relationship that we can have with Him, with the person of who God is, of who Jesus is, and who the Holy Spirit is, it would absolutely radicalize the dreams, the passions, and the things that you have in your life, the things that God's maybe, maybe spoken into you about, about future ambitions or whatever will be even more increased because that's who God is. And so the other scripture that I wanna bring up is another one that you guys will know is Philippians 4 verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. There's one person, gets it straight away. <laughs> I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can. It doesn't say you can sometimes. It doesn't say, oh, actually not today because I don't feel like it. Like that's not who God is. He's always for you. So what could be against you? That everything that we do within his name, that everything that he does through us will be possible because he's given us the strength. It's like when we go and plant flowers or trees or whatnot and you put the seed in the ground and out of nowhere, everything comes out of the seed. Yeah, we add a bit of water, but everything was already within that seed that it needed. The same goes that everything that you need for the walk that Christ has called you into You've already got it. Doesn't mean we be a bit lazy and stop, you know, studying God and, and whatnot. But what it means is, is that we need to come into a place and recognize on who we are in Christ and who God actually is. Because if the church could understand who God actually is, you would see our community reached. You would see needs met every single day of the week. That we would see poverty eradicated. That we would see cancer dispersed. Like sickness in itself is not of the Bible. Let's just get that clear. Like God wasn't just like, be sick because of Adam and Eve. Like, but yet, if this is not of Christ, we, yet again, we have a disconnect. Yet again, we come into a place. And so when we recognize that we can do all things through him, everything that he's called you into can be done through Christ, amen?
when I recognized this, yet again, it, it, it allowed me to really ask more from Christ. And that's what I want you to really take away this morning, is that what are you truly asking from him? Could you be asking for more? And are you actually expecting those prayers to be answered? Because I know for a long time the church has prayed prayers that, that we would see cities, a revival and, 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 and all of this, but Monday comes, straight back into it, slot straight back into life, and sweet. Then we come and hear a mean message on something. I'm fired up, man. I'm ready to go. Let's get it. Let's Jesus. Woo! Hype train. And then as soon as Monday comes, you like wake up, that fight happens that you didn't expect, that, that worker that you really dislike all of a sudden gets in your face and you're like, but Jesus, I just had the best Sunday. Why? And he says, why not? Don't you realize? Don't you recognize? We've got to take some steps. You took the first one on Sunday with dedicating to Christ, yet there's a couple more steps to take, and then a couple more after that, and then, oh, oh, there might be a little bit of a hill that you gotta climb up after that, and we know how it goes, and we recognize that there's work to do. What we need to recognize is work doesn't save you, grace saved you. What Jesus did on the cross has saved you. Works, or what you do during the week, is a byproduct of the grace and the love that you have experienced from Christ. See, for, for as soon as I really experienced that grace and, and got it, like grasped it, like, man, God's so good that he saved me from like that yuckness that I was living in. Like he pulled me out of all that bondage and, and he set me free. Like literally, I, I, if I carried on the way I was going, I couldn't confidently say that I would still be alive. And so for me to be alive coming to a place where I said I wouldn't be married, now I'm married, uh, and be loving the church and about to lead a campus plant, like, that's what we call the favor of God. That's what we call the hand of God. That's what we call the provision of God. That's what we call the love of God. That's what we call the grace of God. That's what we call God. Not this old, boring person that sits in a chair that does nothing except hate on you. It's God. That he do, like, that he loved you so much that he sacrificed his own son so that he could call you by name and say, I've chosen you and you've got greatness all over your life and I'm calling you into some crazy things, whether it's business adventures, whether it's, it's going and reaching these people, whether it's serving uh, uh, the homeless, whether it's, it's whatever it looks like for you in your situation, yeah, that's just but a glimpse because there's more where that came from. And if you would just come, just come. And that's what it's about, just follow me. And he's just standing there, follow me, follow me. And all we gotta do is take the steps and just continue to follow him. Romans chapter eight, verse 37 to 39 says, no, Whew. let's stop right there. Stop reading the screen, <laughs> no. Instantly we start off with no. What is this speaking to? No to doubt. No to fear. No to anxiety. No to saying I don't have what you want, God. No to saying oh, I'm, I'm overqualified, underqualified. Overqualified, what even does that mean? Like, no. We instantly start the scripture off and this is what I love about it is because already you gotta stop and check yourself. 
Because it was never about you. It was always about him and what he can do through you and what he has done for you and what he will continue to do and in the ways that he will continue to provide and the ways that he will continue to bless and the ways that he will continue to love and he will continually press in and he will continually seek your face. He will continually chase you. So what we say to everything else is no. I love the scripture. Verse 37, man, no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Whoo, we could stop there and that's a great message. That's a goodie, eh? Conquerors, you guys sung about it. We're reading it, it must be true. But it's through him. It's through him who loved us. And so when we recognize that we're conquerors, what does this mean, man? This is where the good stuff comes. You guys with me? You with me? You still with me? Verse 38 reads, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, whoo, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Whoo! Yeah, that's a big amen, all right. I don't know about you, but that's a great amen. Because nothing that ever comes against you can prosper. Still a bit unsure, aren't you? Nothing that could ever come your way will prosper. It might hurt you. It might give you a bit of a, a prick. It might, might cause a little bit of pain. But will it prosper? Will it grow greater than what you are capable of, what God's called you into, what God's spoken over your life? Now that's the question. Is that of the world greater than he, greater than he who is in me? No. No. Verse 37 reads, no. Because why? Because in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. See how we're getting it yet? Because when it comes to Christ, we can come into a place of really asking and receiving. Like the Bible does tell us that when we knock, he will open, you know? Like he actually will open the door. He won't just be like joking. <laughs> like a weirdo, like, you know? That's not who Jesus is. So we need to rewrite this, the, the, this perceived idea on who Christ is. And when we come into that place, we can now start to really run this race and start to really step into what God's calling us into and start to step into a place of really actually being the conqueror that he's called us to be. Like actually wear that title instead of being a place that is all about, well, we're hypocrites. We hate people. We're not about this world. Only some of us can go to heaven. Not all, because Jesus hates you, because that's not what my Bible says, because that's not the God who I know. That's not Jesus that sacrificed his own life to set me free. Oh, that's not Jesus. If that's who you think Jesus is, let's have a chat. Let's have a real conversation, because that is not who God is. He is so loving so passionate that he eagerly chases you every second of every hour of every day, just waiting with an abundance. The Bible tells us he owns a cattle on a thousand hills and so there is provision there and he's waiting 
And it's like, you're walking that way and he's like following you and he's like, but the answer's here. <laughs> but it's all here. I've got it all for you. And you're like, oh, actually, I'll go do this instead. Oh, I'll go ask that person instead. And he's like, <laughs> bit stalkerish, <laughs> but he's chasing after us. And so if the church would grasp, and this is where my challenge is set for you guys, is that if the church would really grasp who God is and come into a place of really walking in a passionate relationship with him, that we would really start to see, that we would, we would be able to step in fully into the level that God is calling not only this church, but us as individuals, and the change that we've been asking for, the change in our family and the change in our friends or in the change in, in different areas of our life would really start take place if we would only just step into that relationship, if we would only come and, and, and spend time with him. And because out of that, out of this well, out of this cup, is where it will overflow from. See, we all know that if we keep operating without an abundance or out, out of what we just have and not out of the overflow, yeah, we know that only lasts half a day. The arguments, the bickering, I'm too tired. Get away. I don't want to serve you. Church is for me. Join a team? What? I don't want to join no team. That's what it's about. And so for us to really step up and level up, we've got to get in relationship with Christ. We have to be in a passionate relationship with Christ that we would put him above all else. When that takes place, we'll see everything start to fall in place. In his timing, that's a whole nother message. In his timing, and we might not understand a lot of it, but it will happen all according to his will and his purposes that he's spoken over your life. But it takes us to step in. It takes us to really come in and recognize and spend time and so in this week, I really want to challenge you guys to, to really ask yourselves, how much time do I really spend with Christ? Do I know him? I'm supposed to be like Jesus, but who is Jesus? We're supposed to do God's work, but what even is his business? It comes from knowing him. It comes from reading this. This thing, you know, reading? The thing that a lot of us probably hated at school, some of us that are really cool people loved reading. That's my wife. Getting to know him. Oh, actually opening this book, reading, and then actually following through and doing what it's asking, what it's telling us to do. That God loved all people. I'm supposed to be like Jesus, so let's love all people. Sweet. Not in a weird way, but how's it going? Oh, you smell weird. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> oh, that's not Jesus. Jesus is loving, man. He went out of his way over and above every single time for the people that were always looked past, looked over. That's why I'm here. Four years later, from hating God to absolutely loving Him and having a position that I do, because I said to myself, I'm chasing you no matter what. God, I'm all for you. You're all for me, I'm all for you. Let's get at it, let's do it. And then the dreams start rolling in and the love starts rolling in and the faith starts building and the hope starts rising. And we come into a place of, oh man, this is God, He's so good. 
He is actually all for me. Oh, I didn't really see that. God's like, well, I saw it. All good, I got you. Because he's that, that's the love. And so my final thoughts as I wrap up this message is as follows. And so I'm, I'm gonna do a little bit different than morning service. And so this side, uh, when, I, when, I, when I point to this left section, we'll do a practice, I'll just explain first, is you guys a step up, okay? That's your guys' word. So let's practice. Not you. You're in this section. Just this, this set of chairs. Let's practice again, yep. Cool. And this section is step in. So let's practice. So, okay. And this section is step through. Close, that's a good guess. So let's practice that. we could grasp what we're declaring this morning it will change your life because if we would just and step up into a passionate relationship with Christ it will set you free if we would just into a genuine relationship with Christ the walls are going to break down and you're going to see real change happen in your life And if we would step into the calling that God has placed on your life. God told me in 2014 that I would preach, that I would be a pastor and that I would be a missionary to all nations. That he would send me far and wide to spread the word that God is good, that he loves you, that he died for you and he cares for you so much that he just has pure goodness waiting for you. So if we would just to the calling not shy away, not run, because everything that you need and everything that you that, that, that is for that purpose is all within you already. Once we recognize that, we will, that we would step through all opposition that comes our way. That any opposition that rises up, whether it's family, friends, we would, and overcome. Why? Because God called us to be conquerors. God has ordained and spoken over your life that you are more than good enough, that you are loved, that you are cared for, and that everything I have is yours. Would you just do the same? Would you just follow me? That's all I ask. I'll give you everything that you ever desire. All I ask is that you would just follow me. Follow me, that's all I ask. Simple request. So if we would... Into a relationship. To the calling that God has placed on your life. All the hard times. All the people we didn't expect to come our way. All the negativity. That if we would just get this formula. Church, can we stand? Let's stand this morning. As we finalize this. Can we be confident? Can we actually say, yes, Lord, we're about you? Can this morning be the morning where we actually stand on God's promises, stand on the calling that's on our lives, stand in relationship with Him? 
and say, Monday comes, whatever it brings, Lord. God, you're good. And all the time. Because he's forever good. He never There's one person that's always bad. We know of him. But we've already had victory over him.